while ago I mentioned some of the troops that were very encouraging to Camp Mo. We had others that were involved with these were the nighttime nighttime folks that uh, they were the hoodows, I guess. They stayed up all night with the rest and they were very encouragement. Apple did a great job while he's down there and because he had several responsibilities. TD fed us every day and Muscles uh, picked up after me and wherever I'd go and make a mess, he's picking, picking things up, reminding us. And Roger was involved with uh, driving and we always need drivers that don't fall asleep. And that's, uh, if you want to find out about that, just talk to TD about the, what it's like to fall asleep whenever there's a van about from here to the, that chair in front of him and he's trucking pretty fast and that van is stopped and here he comes upon him. And every time we cross that intersection, TD never remembers what happened right there. And that was, uh, that's a, of course, you guys have done it. Anybody in here is driving knows what happens when we fall asleep. Cork uh, kept us lined out. And George had, Cork and George, they, they had their own tents. And they're down there, and George is snoring. And so when her mom's out of line, she had, George had put her in the other tent. You call her Harper, but her name's George. Her middle name's George, by the way, if you didn't know that. And so they did a, everybody did a great job at Camp Mo, and it's always a, it's always a great challenge. I hope you have a lesson. If you don't have a lesson, y'all have a copy of the. And if everybody, if you don't have a lesson copy, I want to make sure that. Uh, but the bottom line of this lesson, you see the title sticking, sticking with it. What does it mean to stick with it, and, and what does it mean? And it's a tough challenge to stick with it. And in whatever situation we're in, if it's in a marriage situation, if it's a job situation, in the arena of life, how do we stick? with it. There was a lady visiting with me a while ago and was talking about the apartment complex that, that she lives in and how tough it is. And the difference uh, like five, six years ago, how it was in this location and how it is now. And what happens is it, it, it affects our walk with the Lord. It affects our life. It affects, it affects our family. It affects everything. Whenever we're living in a tough situation and we can't get out and we want to get out, we're watching children being destroyed by Satan. And, but how do we get people to stick with God? How does that happen? How do we get marriages to stick together? Because you and I have known of marriages get together and they're married a month or two. And then all of a sudden, what happened? Spend a lot of money. I mean, the bride is beautiful. She spent a ton of money. I mean, the cake, all the, everything that goes into that beautiful marriage. And then, then the next thing we hear, they're getting a divorce. How do we stick with it in our relationships? Let me pray, all right? Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, that we get to praise you. And God, sometimes it's tough when we have distractions going on. And we want to, this morning, keep our focus and be reminded of the grace that you've given us every day. And therefore, we get to enjoy peace. Our world is tough, and therefore, it makes it tough to be, to be walking with you. But God, give us courage, please. Give us courage to do what's right, even though somebody else may be headed in the other direction. Thank you for the power of the word. Thank you for the gospel, the good news. 
And God, thank you for this family because of our resurrected Savior. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The first point on our lesson, it says, sticking with it begins with a firm foundation. Excuse me, firm commitment. We've got to have, and we get to have a firm commitment, don't we? If I don't have a firm commitment, what's going to happen? I take people to Camp Mo with me, and they're going to have a commitment. Because it's not the easiest thing to do. We don't have the best of sleeping quarters, and so it's a tough situation. And especially if it's going to rain on us, because we've had some bad weather during times. And I remember on one occasion, we had one gal, one intern, one intern lady, and there's 15 teenage girls in there with her. And she's got to take care of all the peacefulness, all the quietness, all the discipline, take care of everything. And a storm came. The storm came in a big old tent, but all the sides were blowing that way. And the wind and the rain, and so they're all huddled together in the middle somewhere in that tent trying to stay what? Stay dry. We even had some clowns that were sleeping outside under the stars. We had an old man by the name of Traybone. He loved to sleep out up under the stars. He got promoted. Muscles got promoted. And the Turtle Boys got promoted. Traybone, they all got promoted. And they're living in his house. And so they come down about 9 o'clock when we've already run Red Hill. And, I mean, they've got it made, don't they, T.D.? And it used to. Old Muscles would make coffee and have coffee ready for everybody. But he got a raise. He got promoted. And then we don't see him until three days later. So what's the deal? And what happened to our buddy, T.D.? He used to take care of us. And, but what happened to that commitment? Because it's a firm commitment, isn't it? We had a family who was ready to go home. They was on the phone. They was on the phone, and would you come and get me? But they hung in there, and they hung in there at the end of the week. They're thankful that they hung in there. And let me tell you what they told me. Because that week provided for them to detox. Now, when I, when I say detox, what do you hear? What do you hear? What do you hear, Aunt B, when I say detox? And normally, what do we think of that get, getting rid of what? Huh? Alcohol? Something going on, isn't it? That's, and so that was a benefit for them. I, I detox between breakfast and lunch. And then lunch until, and sometimes I don't make it until 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. Well, you've just eaten. I know it. But how do I stick with it? What happened to my commitment? What happens to commitment in marriage? And sometimes we don't want to stick with that commitment. I love the story in Daniel chapter 1, and Daniel made up his mind. I love that part. Because what decree and law was given to him. You remember that decree that was given to Daniel? What was said to Daniel? You can't pray, big boy. What Daniel do? Every morning. Probably 47 times a day. Because who was he committed to? Committed to his father. And there's the joy of that commitment to Almighty God and the relationship that we have with our father. Joshua 24, 15. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose the day whom you'll serve. Isn't that the bottom line for all of us? Who will you serve? Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the 
Euphrates? Oh, well, be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live. But as for me and my family, we're going to what? Serve the Lord. <clears throat> Big Bad and Holly were getting hot a while ago. I'm not talking about sweating because somebody playing catch. Is this the place to play catch? No. no. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> but we need to have patience, don't we? Because who's going to teach them where to play catch? Smile when you say that. Because how do you teach commitment to Almighty God? How do you teach that? How do you teach that, Winter, out there where you say? How do you teach a firm commitment but to say, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve? How do, you, how do you teach that, number two? How do you teach that, Katie Lou? How do you teach that? As for me and my house, caca, we're going to pray. You don't have to tell your kids to pray, do you? How'd that happen? Man, as for me and my house. And now, what's happened to that household now, Katie Lou? Changed. Is there a different level of peace in that household? Is 72 on your neck every day about that? So she backed off a half a second, hadn't she? Half a second. But you hear that commitment, that firm commitment as, I love Isaiah 15 verse 7. Because the sovereign Lord, what? Helps me. I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a stone. What's the next word? Determined to do his will. And I know that I will not be put to shame. What bicycle race event is going on in Tulsa right now? Tulsa what? Huh? Tough. Three days. Three days. They'll run 40, they'll ride that bike 40 miles, 50 miles, 60 miles. You talk about tough. I remember our son did a hundred mile on a bike. And he arrived back in Tulsa and he'd gone up in Barnesdall and those hills were like that. And he said, Dad, those hills were tough biking. And when he arrived back in Tulsa after a hundred miles, he couldn't get off the bike. And I'm just looking at him because his body had been set in that way for a hundred miles. And it took him a while to move his legs to get off of that thing. You talk about a determination. You hear that? But do I have the same determination with my father? Do I have that same commitment as that Tulsa tough? And that commitment with my bride, with the body of Christ, with souls, with saints and lives that do not know God. Do I have that same, am I determined? Am I determined to have that same firm commitment? Number two, sticking with it, number two, means being disciplined. One day at a time. One day at a time. Remember I told you about the lady who struggled with drugs and taught Blondie and I. We didn't know anything about it. We didn't grow up in a drug culture. And she taught us about drugs. And she said, Ron, I have to... Ask God. 
I have to turn it over to God 150 times a day. Because what was happening? Remember the letter I wrote? The gal that said, I'm asking God and I'm praying, God, you got this, you got this. What happened the end of the week? Man, the same thing for us, that we get to turn it over to God one day at a time. When we went to Camp Mo, man, we're driving down there Monday, taking 40 days and 40 nights to get down there. We got to blow out on a trailer, pull off the side of the road. <coughs> so everybody's lined up alongside the road because <coughs> we're a team, we're a family. Pretty soon the popo shows up. So he starts cruising around, and, and he says, man, I'd really like for you guys, some of you, get on down the road. You know why he told us that? Because we're alongside the road. There's cars that don't move over in that other lane. And so what's, uh, what can happen if they don't move over in that other lane? Somebody's going to get hit. Somebody's going to get hurt. I said, they do that in the state of Missouri? And he looked at me like, where are you from, big boy? But here's what the guy did. He called ahead because it's close to it's 4.30, 4.45, and all the tire shops were about five miles from a tire shop, which was handy. He calls ahead for us. said, hey, these clowns are coming. Trey and I showed up. Two young men jump out there, and they grab that tire, and they sling that thing. We wasn't there five minutes. Didn't seem like five minutes. And they were super friendly. You know what Tree and I thought about? Does that happen in our city? Man of that friendliness and say, hey, I'll take care of you. I will take care of you. Man, we all need that, don't we? All right, who's going to do it? We get to do that because we made a commitment to the cross. And one day at a time, our language has changed. How we treat one another has changed because of that commitment. Our thought process, and as James mentioned up there, when he talks about the supper, talking about the love and the kindness and the grace and the forgiveness, because we make, we made a commitment, and that's what it means to stick with it, to stick with it. We would have over a thousand people right here today. They wouldn't be in here, but there'd be a thousand people to assemble at contact, because you know what every one of them tells me? Contact is my church home, but they don't what? They don't show up because we lost the stick to lost that firm commitment. We lost that one day at a time. You say, well, I can't find my Bible. How come I can't find my Bible? Because I hadn't made a commitment that I'm going to read. I'm going to get up and I'm going to read the Word every day, and I'm going to make sure I start my day reading the Word, and I'm not going to end my day without praying several times to my Father. And there's that stick to it, and it changes us, doesn't it, Big Bad? When I'm, when I'm seeking first the kingdom of who? Kingdom of God. Amen, church. Proverbs 19, 27, if you stop what? What's that word? If you stop what? Listening. You guys need to visit my office. I got a sign on my office wall that says, my wife tells me that I'm not listening. And the rest of it says, I think that's what she said. (laughs) Raise your hand, man. (laughs) I think that's what she said. If we stop listening to instruction, my child... You'll turn your back on what? Knowledge. Number three. Sticking with it means 
being alert. Being alert to subtle temptations. The unexamined life. The unexamined life. Why do we go to... You know what a lot of older people do for social life? Go to the doctor. Isn't that a thrill? Social life. Go to the doctor. But why do we go to the doctor? Because we need that examination. That examination to tell us how we're doing, checking that blood pressure, doing all that thing, need some blood, need some water, need all that stuff. And we want that physical body examined. What about the unexamined life of my walk with the Lord? How often does that happen? Number one, there's three. Now, wait a minute. Proverbs 22, verse 5. Corrupt people walk a thorny, treacherous road. Whoever values life will what? Avoid it. Now let me tell you, see that word value? Value is stronger than our feelings. If I've got value in the cross, if I've got value in the Lord, then it's going to be stronger than my feelings. But the question is, how am I improving my value with the cross? If I'm not improving my value with the cross, then there's going to be some temptations that are going to come along the way where I make a difference with a soul, with a heart. I'll never forget the time when my language was nasty. And there was some nasty words coming out of my mouth. I was hip, slick, cool, high school idiot. Hip, slick, and cool, and out of sight. I thought. What'd you say, Blondie? You thought. And I, so I'm letting all these expletives these come out of my mouth. And there's a guy standing over there, and he said, Babbitt, I didn't know, I didn't know you talked that way. You know what I was doing? I was following that thorny path, that treacherous road, and I needed him to examine my life, didn't I? Because I wasn't showing respect to anybody, was I? Zero respect. I don't care what anybody said. I was a hip slickser, which, was, which meant what? Now I want to go down, because I invited a couple people to go to Camp Mo with me, and I asked them the question. I said, where are you going to sleep? We've got a girl and a guy. I said, we're going to sleep in a tent together. Do you hear the key word? They don't have one of these. What do you see? A wedding band. You're not going to sleep in a tent, some hairy leg. I said, you can't do it at Camp Mo. I can't say anything here, whatever you're doing here, but you're not going to do it at Camp Mo unless you have one of these. What's that mean? What does one of these mean? Then I've got a commitment with somebody, don't I, to do that. And there it starts with a firm commitment. Does that firm commitment change? Do the temptations change along the way? But my values are going to help me in the feelings that are going to hit me. That are going to hit me. Three, subtle. What does that word subtle mean? Are we expecting it? What does subtle mean? Somebody said not what? Not obvious. Man, we're not ready for it, are we? I wasn't ready for it when Blondie's sitting in that shoot 
There's five of us in there. We've got our legs interlocked. Get in that silly car that's going to take us up there to the arch. And I wasn't ready for her going. <laughs> I thought she was blowing the, blowing the engine to get the engine started to go. But it wasn't that. She was just, it's called costophobic. You ever been costophobic? I don't know anything about costophobic, but I found out then what it is that somebody is about to blow the train up that chute, and we get up there, and then it's rocking and rolling. Where's Blondie? She's over there by the gate, ready to go back down. We just got there. But those are those subtle events that take place. Number one, associations that weaken us. My dad was right. And he told me, he said, son, that clown will bring you down. He will weaken you. Did I want to listen to him? I didn't want to listen. But I remember it now. Why do I remember it now? And I didn't respect it back then when I needed it then. But it'll weaken us who I'm running with. Number two. Wait a minute, Proverbs 13, 20 says, Walk with the wise and become what? Wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Number two on the temptation is a word called procrastinate. What does procrastinate mean? What else? Put it off. What'd you say, Jeff? I still didn't hear you. Do that later. Yeah, yeah, do that later. Do that later. Put it off. So, probably not any procrastinators in the audience today. Notice what Proverbs 24 says. I walk by the field of a lazy person, the vineyard of one with no common sense. And I saw that it was overgrown with nettles. It was covered with weeds, and its walls were broken down. And then I looked and thought about it, and I learned this lesson. A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. Why? Put it off. Put it off. <clears throat> For several months, Cork would say, Ron, what do you need in preparation for Camp Mo? I'm going to the store. What do you need? What do you need? And all the time reminding me, because in my mind, I'll get that later. And she, but it's so, so it's good to be with somebody that's reminding me. Say, hey, we got to do this. You got the driver. We got the vans. We got the drivers. We got the, we got the money. We got to get some money. We got to get some finances. We got to get some T-shirts. Well, what's going to take care of us on the way? We had a flat tire. What are we going to do with that? And then we had a blowout on the way. And somebody, and then, you know, the neat thing about that blowout and the van coming back on Wednesday to back to our campsite, the neat thing about it is there were six guys under there fixing that flat tire or getting that spare tire out of there, and it's not easy. And somebody said, how many people does it take to fix a flat tire? You know what's the beautiful part about that? All hands on deck to help get it done. That's the beautiful part. It's not, it's not the number. 
It's the value of those men crawling down there in the gravel and pulling that tire out of there and getting it on there and doing what needed to be done to get it done so we could get on the road. Man, that was, that was a pleasure to watch everybody hands to get her, get her done with that blowout. Can we control that? No. What do we do? Work with it. Nobody griping. Nobody kicked that tire. Nobody cursed the tire. Nobody cursed the van. Nobody got onto me. What'd you run over, baby? What'd you doing? How, what are you driving? What are you doing? None of that. Just immediately, immediately, get her fixed. And this is the part you'll love. This is what, this is what sticking to it means. Because the next day, we're going to town. And we're going to go skinny dipping. That's translated, we're going to the swimming pool in town. So when we go to the swimming pool, there's four guys, three guys that are going with me to buy a new tire for that van. So we wheel in there to buy a new tire. And in that process, don't forget this, guys, when you're buying tires, that involves ice cream. Did you hear that part? That involves Dairy Queen. Did you hear that, Tree? Yeah. <laughs> you remember these gals that were lined up here and the rest of the camp? Say, where you guys been? Where'd you guys go? Tires and DQ hand in hand. Isn't that right? <laughs> CEO Apple, where's mine? Where you guys been? It takes a long time to get tires purchased and mounted. Amen, TD? That's what it means, firm commitment. And the poor old tree said, every time we drive by that Dairy Queen... Isn't that right? Tires and DQ muscles. We procrastinated as long as we could, guys. Number three. And here's where we rationalized. Here's where we rationalized tires and DQ. Lazy people want much, but get what? But those who work hard will prosper. My dad told me a long time ago, he said, Son, you want a job <clears throat> that you'll never run out of anything to do. You'll never run out of anything to do. And guess what that job is? Being a Christian. Being in ministry, loving souls, teaching souls, and we never run out of an opportunity. We never have a, we never lack an opportunity to teach another heart. And that's the joy of being in Christ. And being in Christ, when I was baptized into Christ because of my faith in the Lord, and I said, I want to be saved, and I want my sins to be washed away, and I want to be raised to walk in, and I want that new life. I want that grace to continue in my life that I'll never earn. I don't deserve it, and I can't buy it. And I want that grace because I want peace. 
Does that mean we're not going to have any struggles along the way? Yes, we will. But I get to grow up and I get to mature along the way as we serve our Lord together. This morning, if we can help you stick with it, we can help you stick with a firm commitment to eliminate the, eliminate the subtle temptations of rationalizing, rationalizing along the way. And when you've got a team of several people, we're going to rationalize or we're going to get with it and do what needs to be done for the cause of Christ. We can encourage you this morning. Let's stand and sing.